G'day folks, Jamin here. If you are in Melbourne or Brisbane, I'm running an event called Unhindered, How to Be Free from Insecurity Before You Are 40. Could you imagine showing up to life without the handbrake on? Free to be yourself, free to bring your best to life in the areas that mattered most. That is what is possible when you do the work around overcoming insecurity. The event in Melbourne is the 30th of November, one session at 11 a.m. and the following one at 7 p.m., depending on what suits you best, or in Brisbane, the 1st of November, again, the same times. For more information, check out the events page of my website, jamonfraser.com. You're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. This podcast is a mixture of interviews, coaching sessions, and personal development content. You'll hear me chat with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life as a result of working through their insecurity. You'll hear brave souls being willing to have a live coaching demonstration recorded where they work through their insecurity. And you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high quality personal development content to help you on your journey. I hope you find it useful. Now on to today's show. G'day folks, Jamin here, 10 Minute Tuesday time. This week I'm looking at the idea of exploring scripts written by teenagers. Now this picks up on some themes that I've spoken about a number of times over the 10 Minute Tuesday episode list. Uh, Firstly, that everything's created twice. So that's a beautiful idea from Stephen Covey, which I I mention whenever I get a chance to. I think it's his finest contribution. And it's the idea that uh, everything, every single thing, has an origin point in the unseen world before it shows up in the real world. So exploring the origin of your current results is a really, really important part of changing them. So uh, the idea is that... uh, you are living out of a story. All we have is story. We're storytellers. We go into the world and we experience our life through our own filtering system and we have to attach an appropriate meaning. We have to make sense of it. So we tell stories about what we think it means, why it happened, what it meant, what it meant about us. And those stories then become the filters for then how we perceive future events. And those filters get very... Um, locked in in our life and they just produce evidence for whatever we believe is true so they they kind of become self-fulfilling prophecies so typically they go unnoticed unaddressed and they continue to produce results so people are constantly frustrated by the results they're getting in their life but they are unaware that they are just the byproduct of the story they are living out of so if you like to think about a, a great generalization about success, one of, the, one of the things that successful people do well is they just tell better stories and they live out of more beautiful, expansive, generous stories. They tell better stories about their life, themselves, what they're worth, what they're capable of than those who don't because all we have is story. So today's episode is about going back and exploring the stories that teenagers, your teenage self or even preteen self told that have been unexamined and are still producing results to this day. A clear example, working with someone recently who had a terrible fear of public speaking. They felt like they needed just some more skills so that they could be more confident in public speaking, which is typically how people think about change. It's just behavior management. I just need a strategy to fix the end product. But remember, it's just the end product. It's it's come out of the assembly line produced by the factory of beliefs and stories. So it would make more sense to change the belief then change the behavior. So I asked her, what must you believe in order to behave this way? Because behavior never lies. So we uncover this limiting belief that she doesn't know what she's talking about and she has nothing to say. 
which is a strange belief for a successful business owner. doesn't make sense, but that's, that's the only possible belief that could produce this constant fear response every time she gets a chance to speak. So then the next question is, and when was the first time you told yourself that? So what was the origin point? When did that story get written? When did it get told? She has this awareness of, you know, being in, in year seven or year eight, the first geography assignment and having to get up in front of the class and do a two-minute presentation. Now, she hadn't done her homework, right? So she didn't know what she was talking about and she had nothing to say. That was what she decided, which was true of that moment in time. And she thought this is going to go bad. And guess what? It did. It went bad. She got up. She got laughed at. She felt embarrassed. It was a terrible experience. Created this real anchor to public speaking being a very painful, dangerous occupation because she doesn't know what she's talking about and she's got nothing to say. So fast forward, you know, 20 years and the same fear response emerges every time there's an opportunity for public speaking. Um, The change comes when she was to go back as an adult and review the data, bring back current data to that old story. So by that I mean the data that that teenager was using was I didn't do my homework, so I don't I've got nothing to talk about and I don't know what and I've got nothing to say. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about and I've got nothing to say. But when she brought the data back from today's world to that story, it was like, well actually, I've got 20 years experience in this field. I'm killer at what I do. I've won these awards. This is what people say about me. These are my unique insights, wisdom, experience. Actually, I I uh, I think that the I think I've got so much to say. I think I, I know massive amounts of this. And therefore, I know what I'm talking about and I've got plenty to say. So the new story, based on the new data, overrides that old story and, and undoes it. it. It renders it untrue. And it's the conversation with that teenager to say, okay, I get that you wrote that story then, but now the story has changed. From there, the the change happens by rewriting that story. And then every day, only for a little while, just realigning herself to that new story. So here's, here's the point. For you to change your current behavior, observe that it's at the end of the assembly line. It is just a byproduct of your belief. I know that's counterintuitive. I know it's countercultural. I, I get it, but, but this is massively important to change, to lasting change, and especially overcoming insecurity because that's the stories we're talking about undoing. So this whole work involves a number of the seven practices for overcoming insecurity, namely stage one, which is step into the light, which is about an awareness of a limiting belief. You can't fight what you can't see. So to notice that there are patterns in your life that are not optimized for success and to realize they are there because there is a limiting story, that's essential. Stage two, to take responsibility for the fact that you are the storyteller. You're not just an actor in the story. So to realize that all current results are simply a byproduct of the stories that you have told yourself. You're not a victim of a story someone else has told. Even if someone else has told a story about you, at some point you have sided with them. You have agreed that it was true. It is your opinion that has made the difference, not someone else's. Stage six, which is be the hero, which is about facing this fear, facing this story, going back and exploring the origin. And stage seven, practice seven, which is about rewriting the story. So not trying to squash the story or trying to white out it from the end point of being an adult, but to go all the way back to the origin and facing it there and doing change work there. 
So uh, another example of this, speaking with uh, an, another client whose issue around singing, um, finding that there's issues, you know, trying to be a, a musician and trying to sing effectively now keeps getting feedback that his singing is no good. Interesting belief uncovered around his inability to sing, which went, which went all the way back to being seven or eight when he told himself that he couldn't sing. That was a story that had been unchecked since that point and was still producing the same results. If you believe you can't sing, that's the story. Well, then you're not going to invest in singing. You're going to sabotage your own success so that you don't get disappointed and rejected and pointed out as a failure because you know you can't sing, right? It's got, no, it's got nothing to do with whether or not you can actually sing. It's just a story. I had a great example of this in my own life and uncovered in Germany. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but I feel like I'm 100% committed to financial success, yet when I observe my own behavior, I see patterns of self-sabotage. So I take a step back, ask myself, what must I believe in order to be behaving this way? I discover that there's a really strange fear around the fact that money will corrupt. I discover... I asked myself, when was the first time I told myself that? And I realized that it goes all the way back to my childhood where I took on board a learning from my family. It was never said out loud or on purpose, but the message I got was that you can't be rich and godly. So that was the script a 10-year-old wrote in my life. You can't be rich and godly. You can't be a good person and a rich person. So that's still, if that's still the script I'm living out of, then every time I go towards money, subconsciously the hand breaks on it and says, Jamin, you can't afford to get money because money will ruin your life. Money will make you a bad person. So until that script is revisited, and it has to be revisited from the point of origin, not just trying to change it at the end point. That's like you know going to work, getting dressed over the top of your pajamas. Your pajamas are still on underneath. All you're thinking about is going back to bed. To actually focus on work, you have to take your pajamas off and put your work clothes on you know that, that metaphor has holes in it but you get the point don't just try and squash or, or suppress or subdue the story from the end point because it's still there it's still this undercurrent still driving your results go back to where it was created in the first place uh, so three quick things just to sum up what i'm saying here firstly you're going to need to open lines of communication with yourself if you don't know how to have these conversations with yourself it probably starts with a good apology uh, that you've acknowledged, that you maybe have ignored your subconscious, you've just driven everything out of your conscious, you've failed to accept that you are a very complex and wondrous being and that there is a bunch of wisdom and knowledge and stuff operating beneath the surface that you've ignored. So if you're going to work with all of you, it's going to need an apology to open lines of communication. Once, once communication is open and you've, got that, and you've got that rapport with yourself, then to go back to points of origin to go back and ask yourself when was the first time I told myself this where did this come from when when was the first time I decided that was true and the cool thing is all that information is stored I promise you defining moments like this are 100% stored in your subconscious your subconscious does know the answer to those questions if you hold the space for yourself and then having revisited that origin point rewritten a story then finally realign yourself to that new story have clear statements of affirmation that you anchor yourself to every day, twice a day, three times a day, again and again and again until this becomes the new default. That is how lasting change happens. I hope that's useful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp. 
combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jamonfraser.com.au.